This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast. Series Hello. 2, episode 22 now. Um, <clears throat> we've, we've made it all the way to 222s, and we've got a... Uh, We've got a bumper episode today because, um, well, Fight Island, that's what, really. Um, yeah, <laughs> we've got, fight. exactly, we've got 251, which we can look at. We've got um, fights that took place literally last night, uh, or, well, in the early hours this morning. Um, and then we've got a fight card coming up in, well... Two days, two, two, two or three days time. So it's uh, yeah, it's all kicking off. Um, so yeah, lots to talk about. So we're not going to hang around. Uh, so do you want right to start? Do you want to start with two five one? Do you want to start start at the top? Yeah, start at the top probably. With all right, yeah. Well, we've got <clears throat> three title fights to work our way through, and then we can well, we'll touch on a few of the other ones. Um, yeah, so. Main event, um, it did happen. We did, we did give a prediction, even though when we talked about it, it was the very early stages. Um, but yeah, Masvidal did end up making weight um, and four against Usman. But well, was was that was actually dominated really? Uh, yeah, 40, uh, 50-45, two judges with one giving him a forty-nine forty-six. I think giving him the first round. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Like when I watched, I actually, I actually gave Masvidal the first round. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, he did a bit. Although you know, he did. I think he was taken down, and he did spend a lot of it with his back against the cage in the clinch. So I could, I could, I could see why you could give it to Usman. I, th- I think I would have given it to Masvidal as well. But yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a, a very dominant. I mean, dull, if that's the word. But you know. Um, yeah, you know. I think. Dull, 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 dull was harsh, but it was just a, a professional performance. Yeah, it's like obviously it was, it wasn't like it was kind of dull, but like you can't blame Usman. Like it was smart. <laughs> like why, why would he fight any way else? Like yeah, against against know, Masvidal, who's just like knocked to you know knocked Darren Till out of the welterweight division. So like, yeah, maybe just you know keep it keep keep it safe. Yeah, like. It's understandable, and but Masvidal did look at like I don't know. It's difficult to say, like because obviously, like it was on short notice, but then there was also things like Dustin Poirier <laughs> saying that it wasn't like he was training and in camp, kind of a little bit before it. So like, there's not that much to gain from, or like not yeah, not really that much gain from looking at this fight. You're more like looking at things that could possibly play out in a rematch when they've both got like a proper full camp or like under normal circumstances and I feel like the first round there is things for Jorge to build off is so like he came out and he did kick the body quite a lot which I thought was um which we said in the lead up was probably going to be one of his best things to do um but then he did it was just a lot of grinding against the cage and he looked like he fit like he did get tired quite quickly yeah I think um I think the whole six-day thing, you know, saying he came on six days is, is a lie because, you know, like, as, you know, you said, Dustin Poirier said in interviews, he brought guys in. But I think it's true to say that in the sort of the two weeks that Burns had the fight, the two, three weeks, 
I would imagine he wasn't training at his best. Yeah. So he certainly wasn't six days notice, but he wasn't full training camp peak. Yeah. Like there is obviously a different intensity and kind of mindset when you know you're going to compete compared yeah. to the fact it's like there is a fight booked. I'm very, very unlikely to compete. I'm just staying busy. Yeah. I'm just training yeah. in. I'm working up for a fight that's probably going to happen in five, six months or whatever. Like, it's a very different kind of intensity. So, like, it wasn't clearly, it clearly wasn't the best for him as well. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I thought, I thought perhaps, I mean, no, to be fair to Mazdal, his, his, his takedown defense was quite good. And when he was yeah. on the ground, you know, he got up well when he could. Um, I thought, I thought he'd, um, do a bit better in the clinch, but Usman is just a different level of strong. Like, like it's just a grinding pressure, and and then say as the as the as the fight went on, uh, just 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 got tired, and that just made Usman's jobs easier. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like it's interesting, like to compare, like Khabib and Usman are often compared, like and understandably, like they have a quite a similar game in many ways. It's very like. Up, take you down against the cage and then when you try and stand back up I'll systematically break you back down against the cage um, but Usman isn't is like not on the same level as Khabib when it comes to that like his top control and his um, just kind of overall cage wrestling isn't on the same level as Khabib he's not as dangerous his ground pound isn't as vicious and his submission game isn't as uh, developed either I don't think so uh, Usman still has like, a, like areas to develop in, but I'd say like overall his striking's probably at least a bit more dangerous than Khabib, if not like just through, if anything, sheer power more than anything. Um, yeah. And Usman actually does hit the body quite well as well. He understands the kind of, especially being like a really grindy, weirdly opponent down. He understands the benefit of going to the body, which is uh, one thing I do like about him. Uh, but yeah, like he's going to be tough to beat for most people, I think, even though he still does have some development to do, I'd say. Um, yeah, I think. Um, in a way. <laughs> yeah, you look at that, you look at that um, top 10, and well, he's beaten quite a lot of them already. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you look at some of the styles, you know, there's, you know, there's not, 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 not a lot of people that are going to, you know, Covington, perhaps. Um, Burns maybe who probably will face him next. Uh, maybe Edwards, but you know, yeah. there's not there's not there's not a lot of people in there that are sort of screaming out to me as guys that are going to be particularly um, adversarial to his um, to his to his qualities and characteristics. Yeah, I think that it's a tough one. Like Edwards would be interesting. I for me, Edwards is the most interesting fight. I think. Um, yeah, that the only the only the only thing for me for is Burns. I would say maybe just a bit more because I think his his striking is a bit more dynamic, and also he carries that big threat on the ground that might um, yeah, he, lead Usman to keep the fight standing up a bit more. Possibly, yeah. I think I don't. Yeah, I don't know uh, about the th- threat on the ground. Like that is, it could be interesting. Usman might be hesitant to take him down. In terms of the striking, like Burns is more powerful than Edwards, but I think that overall, in terms of Edwards, is better about kind of fighting off the back foot and clipping off counters. Which, when he's going to be against Usman, who's going to try and like 
just get to him and push him to the cage, that would be that would be beneficial. And Edwards is very strong in the clinch as well, which um, I think is one like is realistically probably the main area where Usman is a threat because like his takedowns are good, but like his top control isn't say like crushing like Khabib's, where he's not going to hold like he doesn't hold people down like for like whole rounds. People will get up. And is the clinch where you're going to be fighting him for much of the fight. Um, so I think Edwards will be very interesting uh, against Usman in the clinch because he's, especially recently, he's developed his game like so much there. And he's like, he's striking from the clinch. He's legitimately one of the best in the UFC. Yeah. He's hitting, hitting off of the break. And just, yeah, I remember, remember some of those elbows he got against off, off Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, like he did it against Cowboy. Like the knees he hit Cowboy with in the clinch were great, and Cowboy's a good clinch fighter himself. So like yeah. nothing to like, like stick your nose about. And he against RDA and against Gunnar Nelson. Like so, Edwards is fit. Like is very good in the clinch, and I think that'll be interesting. So I would say for me, it's still Edwards is my most anticipated. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I I would imagine they'll go to make the the Burns fight next. Probably um, think yeah, or well, I don't uh, know. Perhaps perhaps a Covington Edwards for the next shot. I'd like that as well. Maybe maybe good. maybe a Masvidal Edwards. You know, you could bring back that. Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, in terms of Masvidal, frozen. Um, Masvidal oh, nice. could also be a good one. Um, yeah, in terms of Masvidal, it's like, you know, he had this good run. And I think, you know, some of it was the opposition. Some of it was the um, circumstances of the knockouts. You know, yeah. that obviously the Askren won. Um, and then obviously, you know, the stat, the statue of the Diaz fight. And I think, I think he definitely has improved. Uh, like, I think, I think, I think we saw there that there was improvements, but I still think that, you know, the common characteristics that have like held back his career sort of did show through in that fight. And I still think that like, he is still like a step below that, like truly elite world level. Um, Possibly. I think he de- he's definitely like, obviously the opposition that he was against. So in the three fight run, Darren Till is a really legit win to be fair. And then Ben Askren is, I mean, like, what can you say? It was just a five-second knockout. It's like Ben yeah. Askren. Like, Ben Askren's wrestling, like, despite the fact that he was undefeated for so long, isn't actually... Like, he never changed his wrestling from, like, a pure wrestling. He hasn't adapted his wrestling from, like, to the fact that there are strikes. He, like, he just ducked in when he saw someone running at him. It's like, like it was obviously not a good idea. Uh, but, like, he just didn't register that I'm going to get hit. I could get hit. So maybe do something different. Um, so, like... I don't know, it's not a great win. And then Nate Diaz is like if just ba- basically like just kind of a step below Masvidal. It's like it's a good win, but like yeah. the the hand the handbook on how to beat Nate Diaz has been there for quite some time. Yeah, pretty much. And uh and Jorge did look good in it, like yeah. um but at, like it's not like a crazy old ridiculously amazing win. Um but yeah, it's I don't know. I think he has improved and I'd like to see him probably win a fight and then if he beats, say, like, maybe, maybe he could fight Covington. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, like, if, because obviously, like, the, they don't seem to like each other at this point. Um, so, like, if maybe he beats Covington something, then get in. 
Ooh, is that me? Sorry, I think I just disconnected. Um, right. Yeah, I was just saying, so, um, yeah, stuff to build on for Masvidal, but it obviously it wasn't that eventful, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll move on to the featherweight title bout, uh, Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. Uh, Volkanovski sneaking a 47-48, uh, 48-47, <laughs> um, 47 split decision. Um. Yeah, this this really didn't go how we thought it was going to go. Um, in terms of in terms of we didn't you know I didn't think it was going to be. I, I thought if anything it was going to be more of a comprehensive victory. Kind of, yeah. And I just so, thought it would be as as uh, as comprehensive as last time. Yeah. So I think kind of what we said is that we thought that Volkanovski would win. Uh, because Holloway, like Holloway, had opportunities. He could make adaptions to like really improve his case and have it give himself a chance. But we didn't think, especially with the training camp over Zoom, that he would be able to make those adaptions. But he did basically. So kind of like it wasn't what we expected, but also kind of was. It was yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. But like I think Holloway looked great. Like Holloway is a special, special fighter. Like to yeah. rebound and look as good as he did in the first two rounds, I think was absolutely fantastic. Um, especially after like such a comprehensive or like kind of not. It wasn't one-sided in the first fight, but like it was, it was competitive but not close. Yeah, a comfortable you know victory. Yeah. Um, and yeah. After that he like bounced back and without a proper training camp um, came and looked absolutely brilliant. So <laughs> I think it's, um, it is, I was quite down on this fight. Like when it got made that I thought like, Oh, Holloway is probably going to lose again in quite even possibly more dominant fashion. And then that would be like, in a way to like what nearly the, could, could be the end of Holloway's career or the end of his prime at least is what I thought. Um, well, not the end of his career, just the end of his prime. Um, but like, I'm happy to say that I think I was wrong. So, um, that's quite good. <laughs> I'm pleased with that. Um, but yeah. Who do you think actually, who did you think won? Big contest. <laughs> when I watched it live, I mean, I, I don't think I was helped by the commentary because Bizping especially does, does seem quite set in his ways when, um, when he's, yeah. when he's made his mind up and he and he sort of made his mind up that there was no way Holloway had um had not won the first three. I mean obviously the first two. Yeah, of like um, the first two were the first clear. two. And it's like I I can I can definitely see you give him five and I can see four. Um threes three like there wasn't anything big either way, so it's really difficult. I mean it is like splitting hairs really. Yeah, I think I think I think the reason why it caused a bit of not conflict, but like I think why people were a bit annoyed was because like Holloway's rounds were so obviously his. Yes, but Volkanovski's ones were like like they were like four and five he won, but they were like I think, just, I, I think four, I mean, four, like, four maybe, but but five five was, was his. Yeah, five was his. Although that's weird. The judge that gave Max the decision actually gave Max fifth, the fifth. Really? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is bizarre. I don't know. I think I actually haven't. Um, like, I thought, I thought, I thought he just took him down a couple of times in the fifth. Yeah, I think that. So what happened in the fifth was actually Max was doing really well and was winning, and I think he got taken down once or twice. He got back uh, up, but I think that the fifth round, I think, like it, I think it was fairly decently clearly Volkanovski's, but it, but it was competitive still. Like yeah. it was, it was a decent. Yeah, round. and that, and that, that's what I mean. Like the first two were just clear max rounds, and it's like. They both they both go down as ten nines. You know, neither, neither yeah. of the first two were you know ten eight worthy. You know, far 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 no. from it. But that's the thing in the ten nine must system is that you have these rounds where it's like the third round, which is razor thin. Volkanovski gets it, yeah. gets the same amount of credit that Max gets for the first two rounds. Which yeah, essentially, he if you I, know, which Volkanovski didn't didn't get a look in. Yeah, I can understand it. Like, I can understand like why like yeah like in a way that that might be something that needs to get looked at. Like, yeah, as you said, the first two rounds and the third round, if Fognowski won that, which he didn't know, three judges scorecards, Fognowski gets as much ra- as much credit for round three as Holloway does for round one. And it's like, like that is a bit difficult to swing. Like Holloway was in control of the first two rounds and then got a knockdown at the very end of the rounds. So it's like, I don't, it's, very, it's very difficult to swing. But either way, like, I think Holloway won the third Either like even without that, so I think Holloway should have got the fight. Uh, but I think it's as a massive Max Holloway fan, I'm not that salty about it just because of, in a way, like how pleased I was just at the fact that yeah, I mean yeah, there was because you know I was I was worried, especially in the build up, it sort of felt like he still hadn't thought he'd lost, and he he still felt like. Yeah. Um, you know, he could just do the same thing. Clearly, he had realised where he'd gone wrong because he did yeah. make, you know, stood a lot taller, you know, made it made it a lot more difficult for Volkanovski to get those leg kicks off and to get in without getting damage. Um, so he clearly, I mean, it clearly was a bit of mind games. Yeah, that's, that's what good. I was in the lead-up. So that... it, was, it was quite discouraging, I thought, what Max was saying in the lead-up. But then, I like I did say on the podcast last week, it was like, but it could just be like pre-fight bravado. And like yeah. that's basically what it was. It was just like yeah. he was just kind of giving off an aura of like, oh, I'm going to be fine or whatever. And um, yeah. it's, it's understandable. And he clearly yeah. understood where he went wrong. I think what was great is that um, he gave Volkanovski no free leg kicks essentially in this fight. Yeah. So, like in the first fight, he was basically just eating them, and he was switching southpaw because he had to at some points. Uh, but. Yeah. Uh, in this, he would always kick back with Volkanovski, so he'd eat a leg kick, give a leg kick. It was like he wouldn't let Volkanovski off with that, which is good for basically just not letting himself get disrupted by them as much, I think, in many ways. Um, and then, yeah, he did fight a lot taller, which is it's like there's kind of a difference between fighting long and fighting tall, but he fought very tall, so like the use of the uppercuts like was good. So yeah. when Volkanovski like comes, what he what Volkanovski would often catch Matt with in the first fight was kind of like he'd like dip in and come and swing with an overhand as Max was retreating, and Max read those quite well, especially in the first two rounds. And as Volkanovski would dip in and try to catch him, he'd counter with the uppercut and then the left hook on the end, uh, which is a set which is what dropped Volkanovski. And he caught in Volkanovski with that like three or four times, and it was really nice. I thought. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that was really nice from Max. And then uh, also, I think what kind of went underrated, which is why I say that I think Max got like the third, is that is Max's body kicks. He kicked Volkanovski yeah. quite a lot, and I think that was probably undervalued by the judges because they were they were body kicks into the closed side, so like they weren't like they didn't have like the effect that a kick into kind of the open side has, which is like the big slapping and like visceral reaction but they like they still matter and they still hurt and Volkan like I don't like I like watching people leg kick well and Volkanovski does leg kick very well but I think what's kind of undervalued is that a lot of Max was talking about how a lot of like that Volkanovski was kind of point fighting and like I actually like watching some of the leg kicks there were a fair few that are just a little bit slappy it's like he doesn't he did there are quite a lot of leg kicks that Volkanovski lands where he does just slap Max's thigh with the foot. Like, and they make a big sound because it's a slap. Like, it makes a big sound. But like, it doesn't move Max's leg at all. It doesn't really do much. But yeah. I think we give a lot of credit to those based on mostly because of how effective the leg kicks were in the first fight. I think that like there were just a lot of kind of slappy leg kicks. As well as some yeah. legitimately very like good ones. Like, Volkanovski kick Max's legs out quite a few times as well. I'm not saying all of them were like that, but there were a fair few that were. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it overall. was a... Yeah, Brilliant. I mean, it was a close one. Um, it's... I don't, I, don't, I don't know. The only... Yeah. The, the, only, the only thing I have in my mind is that, like, that whole thing of, like, you know, I don't, I don't know whether it, whether it really is a thing, but, like, the whole, like, champions in Vantage thing, like, it, it reminds me somewhat I, d I mean i don't think it's quite as bad at all of like jones versus reyes. um reyes in terms of like the champion finishing supposedly on top just it just seems to give yeah. them the edge like yeah you know, it's like it reyes like... got those if, if 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 holloway had won four and five like he'd won one and two i wonder whether it might have been any different i don't know i don't know like that's not a criteria and it really shouldn't be. And any fan trying to justify the scorecard like that is be like, go away, basically. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't think so. Like they do take the scorecards at the away at the end of every round. So like they take um like they'll score the yeah. score round three and then they'll take the scorecards for round three. Yeah, the true. For the rounds and then have no effect. Uh, so I don't think so, but Possibly, I don't, I, it's a weird one. I think that, yeah, but like there aren't serious complaints. I think that no, it's tough. Like, like if you can, if you can have, if you can have, um, you know, a scoring system where, you know, Holloway's ones get given the same amount of recognition as the, as the, as the third round. I think there's perhaps you know deeper problems than just yeah. the judging here. Like you know, yeah. there there have been and you know there were bad. Bad, bad scorecard in this one. The Salakov Zaleski one was a you know a bad a bad scorecard in my eyes. But you know, this one is just a very tough title fight between two guys who are just very good. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I think like that is the point. Like there are bad judges and there is bad judging, but um there are, I think there are deeper problems, I think, yeah. generally. Um but I like it's and it's difficult. Like I don't know how you fix it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So, like we're here to criticize, but like like it's difficult to come up with consistent criteria where you can make it that um but make it kind of how we want um 
and like the only way is like obviously pride used to judge fights as a whole but like yeah i feel like judging fights as a whole is like i don't it feels like it's difficult to some especially in close fights it can be difficult to kind of justify why you thought a certain guy won if it's really close and you're judging the fight as a whole whereas if it's close and it's round by round you can say well in this round like you split it up into five bits so you can judge individually whereas if you're judging the fight as a whole it's so much information to take on board that it's like i don't know so i like i don't know the i don't know the answer but there is a bit of a problem <laughs> yeah but i'm sure i'm sure these two will meet again and as you say it certainly showed that there's still plenty of life left in holloway at the top oh, yeah. of the division which is good i think uh, this like it's renewed my confidence in the fact that I would pick Holloway to beat basically everyone else in the division. Yeah, and there's so many. I mean, you know, the guy who won the main events last night is a you know Calvin Cater. That's a potential opponent. Um, and then you've got the four who are squaring off. Um, Yair, Korean Zombie, Ortega was a beat. Like those are all four fights that I take happily now. Yeah, I'd like I'd. Yeah, I'd be game for that. Like, I think they've talked about, like, Dana did say an immediate rematch, which is like, I can kind of understand it, but, like, I wasn't really game for this rematch. And, like... Yeah, no, I think, I, I think, like, I think, I think if you lose twice, I think other yeah. things first. I, de- I definitely think there's room for a third down the line. Oh, yeah, certainly. Like, normally you don't do that in 2-0 and o cases, but because of, like, the way that this fight played out, it's completely understandable. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I'd take Holloway over most people, and like, well, I say most people, everyone other than Volkanovski, I'd take Holloway over like fairly confidently. Um, yeah. So, although Josh Emmett would actually be quite interesting. Um, yeah, that 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 would be an interesting. One. Um, but I'd still probably take Holloway. Um, um, so yeah. yeah, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, a fantastic fight, and Holloway's. I think what uh, it was Holloway's adaptions between fights that were brilliant, and then Volkanovski's adaptions in the fight which were fantastic and he really yeah. like, like we haven't actually said that but how ridiculously amazing is it that Volkanovski won the like the most confident two rounds for him are the fourth and the fifth he won the fourth and the fifth against Max Holloway who is like the big yeah. thing about Max is that the later rounds are his he will pour it on and he will drown yeah. and Volkanovski won them rounds and that is like a ludicrous amount of credit to go to Volkanovski for that because that is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is true. Like you know, you do get caught up, and you know we have as well in you know di- dissecting you know who won that round. You know yeah. what can you change it? But it's like you know, as you say, you've got to give credit. You know, Holloway made fantastic adjustments and came in there and did something that not many of us expected him to do. And you know, Volkanovski in turn then adjusted and as you say, rode those rode those first two. Um, and then and then and then came back, yeah, put on the like pressure his, against Max in the in the last two and stole the fight from him. Yeah, it was just like he started like shifting and trying to catch Max with the overhands left, and started like it was the lead hand that started to really catch Max. It was the like popping jab and the lead hook that started to do the work. Yeah. Which, and it was just yeah, it was it was just good. It was just a good fight all round, basically. Like <laughs> uh, fantastic. So yeah. Um, but, Okay, uh, we'll move on to Petty Yan versus Jose Aldo, um, a new bantamweight uh, champion at that Petty Yan for a fifth round TKO. We were discussing this a bit yesterday. Um, but yeah, this went very much how we thought to a large extent in terms of 
um, close and in fact more competitive than perhaps we both thought early on. Yeah, Aldo, Aldo being really impressive early on, but ultimately fading and Jan just taking over as the fight went on. Yeah, I think that um, we did say that. We thought that uh, Aldo would be competitive early, um, but then even f- probably fade after the... Like, at most, I thought Aldo would look good at the second round. And then the third yeah. round, it really started to fade. But Aldo won the second and the third. So, like, he yeah. lasted it at least a bit longer than we thought. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was... It was interesting. I thought it was just... Aldo is just fantastic, obviously. Like, he's just a brilliant... One of the best of all time, and I think severely undervalued due to the... Uh, knockout against Connor and then the defeats to Max who is obviously fantastic in his own right um, so it was just that Jan like we love Peter Jan or I do at least because he is a really go for heavily brilliantly pressuring uh, pressure boxer and will hit the body nicely but Jose Aldo in this fight and generally is just so hard to pressure like Jan yeah. just almost couldn't you just couldn't force him back to the cage it was like it's it was the threat coming in the threat of the counters and uh, just Aldo's overall footwork and the pivots that um it was just so difficult for Jan to get his A game going that he had to rely on something else um, yeah. and that was and Aldo did a great job of kind of beating up his legs and then kicking the body as well um to just like force Jan to go to something else, uh, but he did and ended up in the fifth round absolutely battering him. <laughs> for and well in the fourth as well um, towards the end, and it was like I don't know how you felt about the stoppage, but I thought it was I haven't watched it again. I might need you to, to fully confirm this, but I thought it was fairly atrocious. Like the fourth round started heavily going to Jan, and then Aldo got knocked. Not knocked down, but would have been knocked down had he not like lent on the cage in the first thirty seconds of round five. And I thought basically at that point it could have been stopped. And then yeah. for the next thirty or so seconds, it probably could have been stopped. And then it went on and on and on. And I thought that I thought it was fairly bad in the end. Yeah, it's like at some at, at some point, like occasionally wriggling and moving your hands from your head to your chest cannot be deemed intelligent defense like unless yeah. you're like unless you're you know trying to turn yourself over or get someone off your back then just just you know cushioning blows does not or should yeah. at least in my eyes um you know yeah, it, i mean it's considered like, intelligent defense it's like in the criteria of what referees are taught just like just covering up isn't supposed to be like that's yeah that if you're just covering up a fight should be stopped like you saw that yeah. in the end of like the first uh aldo max fight like the end of the first aldo, aldo max fight um like max wasn't landing he was he completely had both hooks in riding like aldo's back uh, and was hitting him with shots to the side that weren't heavy really but aldo was just in like turtles up max had hooks in and was just covering up and it was like the fight had to be stopped. It's like Aldo isn't doing anything to change. Like he's just taking punches, even if they're being blocked and they're not that powerful. You can't do that. Like, so I think it was stopped 
quite like really late and I think it was fairly bad and it does for me at least a little bit taint what was a fantastic fight yeah it was uh, a really, fight, really really good fight yeah a fight in which Aldo looked absolutely brilliant um so yeah it was it's sad but like I don't know even a like I mean he's not that old but like quite obviously out of his prime Jose Aldo um still looked fairly brilliant I think um which is, I think, it's just more more against a great contender, which I think is more than anything just basically a testament to how brilliant Jose Aldo is. Yeah, and also, you know, Jan to stay composed, you know, when Aldo was, you know, on top, as you said, during those second and third rounds to sort of stay composed, to trust that he could, you know, turn up the gears and overwhelm Aldo, you know, he didn't, didn't didn't get desperate, just stuck to what he knew, stuck yeah. to the boxing, stuck to the pressure, and and eventually it did work. So a really composed performance for a guy that's had what six fights in the UFC, five yeah, fights. Yeah, that in is UFC. like that is a good strength of Jan. He is like super composed. Like what is it? The uh, he just kind of trusts his process. That's his seventh, his seventh fight now. But I mean, yeah, poor. He just kind of like trusts his process. Yeah. Like again, in the Rivera fight, he was like. He was losing the first two rounds, at least. Yeah, and caught him, caught him late on both, yeah. But, like, it's he's, like, so composed and, like, so smart in there that he just knows that if I keep doing this, eventually I'm going to get you. Like, yeah. he hit hard and, like, he's ripped, like, and he's, he's super technical, super smart. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a great strength to have for Jan. And even if he's down rounds, I think that he'll just kind of, he won't panic and he'll stick to what he knows and stick to what he does best. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he will adapt. Like, that is one of his best strengths, if anything. He gets reads on his opponent. Like, I think in the Rivera fights, the knockdowns, like, like I've seen, like, clips or, like, gifs of, like, it will show, like, a section, like, uh, he'll throw a combination and then Rivera will circle out and then, like, 30 seconds later, uh, Jan basically does a similar thing, slightly changes it. And then that's where he drops Rivera. It's like he does adapt and read his opponent very well, but he still like sticks to kind of his strengths. And I think that's um, yeah. He's just I don't know. He's gonna be he's gonna be tough to beat for most people. I think I think a fight between him and Cejudo would be brilliant. I think a yeah. Fight... Who knows? Who knows what Cejudo's doing? Um, who knows yeah. whether he'll campaign for a featherweight fight against Volkanovski? Uh, whether he'll look to come back to Bantamweight, who knows? But I think, regardless, Jan, Jan Sterling is the fight to make next. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and then for Aldo, I'm not sure there's a whole lot left for him, to be honest. I mean, if he wants to stay, if he wants to stay around like Cruz, I don't know. Yeah, that's the only thing that I've kind of seen that makes sense if Cruz is fighting still, like just do Aldo Cruz after all these years, like basically yeah. a decade late, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> Other than that, like, just retire. Like, there's not, there's not, there's not, there's not anything, anything yeah. for him. You know, I mean, he's not going to prove anything. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll want to get an actual win at bantamweight. Um, yeah, so he still, he still technically hasn't won. Uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe he'll sort of take yeah. a step down position and get a win. Well, I, I think there's something ridiculous. I think I saw this week, which, um, like, I think, like, I normally quite like Luke Thomas. He gets a lot of flack, but I think he's fairly. Decent. Yeah, no, I think he's good. Um, but he said something absolutely insane. It was like, can Aldo, if he wins, Aldo can secure his place in the Hall of Fame. It's like, 
Aldo hasn't already secured his place in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What? It's like most <laughs> title defences in featherweight history. It's like, like I think he's, I think he's comfortably there already. I think he's definitely there. <laughs> like it's not yeah. even. No, definitely. Um, yeah, that was weird. But there we go. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll move on. Uh, but yeah, a really good fight. Uh, we'll move on to the recognised fight of the night: um, <clears throat> Rose Namajunas versus Jessica Andrade. Um, a split decision, which I was I was a bit a bit a bit surprised at. I thought. I thought I thought it was a fairly simple 29-28, but I, I could I could see why he'd maybe give Andrade one. Um, yeah, Rose Namajunas avenging. Her uh, title defeat um, from well, probably about a year ago now, um, and yeah, like I, I was impressed with Andrade made made some adjustments. Certainly, the head movement was there, which made her a bit more difficult, but um, still a bit too much of a static target. And Rose was able to sort of get get her shots off, and then uh, weather weather the third round storm from Andrade. Oh, frozen again. Oh, I'll be back. It's, yeah. Oh, have we lost Jack? Is it me? Oh, it is me. You like her head movement, um, and also I feel like she would really like she really very nakedly loads up on like her right hand, and she got caught like she got caught with that from Rose like very consistently. Yeah, like she swing really like wide to kind of catch Rose to the body or the head and Rose would uh, counter her every time basically but I thought that basically with this is um, Rose's footwork looked absolutely like Rose's footwork was just I like watching like Rose Rose fight and it's because that it's like Trevor Whitman has clearly left like a very Trevor Whitman style of footwork in both. You can see it clearly in both Rose and Gaethje. It's like both Ro- Rose and Gaethje fight very different fights. Like they have a different style. They want to do different things, but you can have still kind of the same like overall footwork. And that comes from Trevor Whitman. So it's like Gaethje, I think said it is that like, uh, Whitman is the artist and Gaethje is the canvas and I think that it, that rings so true I feel with both kind of like Gaethje and Rose yeah I mean she's made just crazy improvements since her early fights and now I think in terms of footwork and pure boxing I'm not sure there's many better in that strawweight division uh, but yeah it's just like she like she kind of like jabs in she like I think I remember seeing it. It was like, I think it was the first round. She'd like, she'd throw a jab kind of back up a little bit. So she'd jab, hit and drudge, and George would try and push in after that. But Rose would back out and then jab again. And it was like, it, it was just the way I was. I just thought yeah, it was, it's so fluid. Yeah. It's, um, I know, I know, I know we talked about it um, after the I Calvillo, you know, how, especially in women's MA, there's such a tendency to like just have one engagement and then the next. But Rose is such a good example of piecing together um, these different interactions, piecing together, uh, you know, the way she in the way she fights. Sorry, you'd, I think you cut off there. I was. What, I, what I was just saying, you know, just just a great example of piecing together 
engagements rather than just sort of, you know, rushing in, hitting, getting, getting, getting shots off and getting back out. She's just so good at like piecing stuff together. Yeah, she's good at, in a way, building off of like past success. Whereas what I think we said about like iCalVio and a lot of women and women's MMA generally is that they have a tendency to basically just have the same engagement and the, uh, just over and over again. And yeah. like, they don't really, they just kind of like, I've heard it be described, which is kind of apt, which is they're basically, they are fighting as if it's not on. and um, she's one of the best at it in women's MMA realistically um, so yeah I think that was it was a great fight and I think it should have been the first two for Rose and then the last for Andrade um, yeah. you know, the thing about Rose is that it's like she's quite bouncy in and out um, although it's like what, another thing about her footwork is like there was a lot of like tight pivots and she was like boxing in a nice kind of like tight circle which was really nice like she'd box around and drage which was it was lovely but she does like her footwork i think does tire her a little bit um yeah she did tire towards like the end the end of the fight which gave Andrade the third um but still it was it was cool it was fun i really enjoyed the fight <laughs> and i like watching rose fight and Andrade can be fun because she's dumb tough and um just a bit crazy but yeah, there we go. That's that. Yeah, very good uh, fight. Um, right, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure there's a whole lot to say on the next fight. Um, Amanda Hebas versus Paige Van Zandt. Amanda Hebas moving up a weight class for this division, but I think saying she's going to go back down. Um, but yeah, like solid performance. I, I think Paige Van Zandt was a bit out of her depth here. Um, and yeah, an impressive win for Amanda Hubas and probably the last we'll see of Paige Van Zandt in the UFC. Um, I would imagine so. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, just don't see why she needs to stick around basically more than anything. I think she can just like just go off and do something else. Like, she's clearly not at the and there's just no point for her to be in the UFC or fighting anymore. So, yeah, fair play. Like, I don't know. I don't know what she'll choose to do, but it's whatever she yeah, wants to do. Just go make some money. I mean, she's made enough enough money from mainstream stuff that doesn't involve her getting punched in the head. Pretty much, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> whatever. Go go off and do something else. Yeah. Um, I guess we can touch on a few more. Well, we'll touch on um, Prochazka Uzdemir because um, that was weird. I can't... So- <laughs> I can't. I can't say I'd seen a lot of him before, and after a minute, I was wondering: is 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 this just the next like Mikel Pereira? Um, yeah, it was like it was a bit Johnny Walker, Michelle Mikel Pereira, like kind of esque. It was a bit, just a bit dumb and a bit silly, but he was far more like he was. He's a lot better than Johnny Walker, at least. I think yeah. that's. Like at least one compliment you can give to. I'm going to just call him Jiri. Um, yeah, Jerry, our man Jerry. Um, like he was definitely a lot better than Walker, which is at least a good thing. He had like some semblance of kind of defense, um, 
and didn't immediately like gas out into the second round. Um, so I don't know. It's a small compliment, but still. But yeah, I thought like we talked more about Uzdemir coming into this and how this was quite a test going straight in for Uzdemir. Um, I thought in the early round, in the first round, it was interesting. Like Uzdemir got hit, but seemed he seems to stay fairly cool under fire, or at least like when he gets hit, he doesn't panic like a lot of people do. Um, which is a benefit, so we can start to think at least. But then, like in the second round, he just got nuked. So I was like, "Well, there we go, <laughs> he's done there." Um, but yeah, I thought it was—I don't know—it's difficult to really try and learn much from this, other than the fact that he's a bit weird and he hits hard. Yeah, I mean, he hits damn hard. Like Ustam is a tough cookie, and he was yeah. out for the count. Yeah, I um, can see like this being this being one of the like. Like, I don't know, if, like, I don't want to say Ustamir can't recover from this, but, like, the way that he got knocked out, you'd think that his chin is probably going to be compromised for the rest of his career due to this, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, we will see, but I don't know. I've not seen enough of Jury to know whether that is how he's going to fight um, going on, but I think, I think he said afterwards that, you know, he got caught too many times. Whether that yeah. means he's going to change his style, I'm not necessarily sure. But I think there's enough holes that if he's not, if he doesn't make serious improvements, then people at the top of that division will um, yeah. will be able to take advantage of. Yeah, I think so. Like he's got, he's also got like quite weird head movement that like kind of works, but also isn't brilliant. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Uh, he he's at least like fun in kind of a bit of a dumb way so like I'll, I'll watch him fight and I think this is crazy this is <laughs> this is interesting and I think it will always be a bit fun so like and for light heavyweight what more can you ask than that really yeah yeah Not to be fair I mean it was a crazy output in that first round yeah um, true. so it's, it's actually actually a pretty fun fight um do you want to talk about Anything else on that? Oh, should we chat? Leonardo Santos, our favourite guy, the mystery man, returned. Returned. Oh, Santos. Yeah, returned, gassed himself out, and then got <laughs> illeg- illegally groin struck and eye poked and knee to the head about six times and eventually, uh, eventually won the fight. I think the point wasn't taken in this fight. Oh, it was. I think, it was no, I, th- yeah, I think they took two points. Yeah, they did. I think. Okay, um, they did. Yeah. Did you, did you know? <laughs> it was. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was quite funny because I think he did he did eye poke in the first round, then two yeah. groin strikes, and then he landed the knee, illegal knee to the head. And Mark Goddard just turned and said, "What are you doing?" And it's yeah. just like it's just hilarious. He just absolutely had enough with it. Um, like yeah, oh, that was like heaps like that. What's this? Roman Bagasov was absolutely filthy. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure even in like. He battered him in the second round and just punched himself out, basically, didn't they? Yeah. For the third round, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, he was dead. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, a good a good card overall. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. actually a really fun card. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, plenty of ramifications to move on with in terms of future title fights. Um, yeah. And yeah, pretty enjoyable. Um, good. Well, we can chat. We can chat briefly about 
this card, I know you've seen a few of the top ones. Um, in terms of the prelims, actually quite a lot of British. You've got Jack Shaw, he won with a win. I check that was good. Um, Modestus Bakuaskas, who I was... I knew there was another British guy on the card. I didn't realise it was him. Originally born in Latvia, but... Um, Lived in lived lived in England since he's three and sounds like Romish Ranganathan, um, about as English as you can get. Yeah, it's bizarre. You know, you see the sort of Latvian flag come on screen and you're expecting something, and then just start speaking like the Queen's English. It's bizarre, but um, yeah, that was a funny that was a funny one. He basically had 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 him in the clinch towards the end of the round and landed the it was landing these massive elbows, um, and Mechaladus looked like he was you know all right but not out. And then went to get up, but fell through the back of the cage because the cage door had been opened. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the ref like saw enough. Was like, oh no, it stopped. Yeah, I, think so I, have, that... I will have to watch some of these prelims because I've said I've only watched the Kata, Ige, and Rivera Stamen fights so far. Um, but yeah, I'll so yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, without wishing to, I mean, I'm sure you can probably see them all here. Like Lerone Murphy, yeah. um, he's one that I kept on because he fought. Um, on the Khabib Poirier card, and he got a draw in his debut against Tukov. Ah, oh, yeah. Tukov um. was undefeated before that, but like that is fairly impressive, at least. So um, yeah, that that was a really impressive performance. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one to watch, and. My God, Chimaev is an absolute behemoth. Um, he got uh, absolutely battered him. Six, 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 two. He was fighting a weight up, so he normally fights at, at welterweight. Sixty welterweight is big. Yeah, so he was fighting. He he flew over to Far Island without a fight, just just hoping someone would pull out. Came in here, landed a hundred and two punches to one in the first round. One of the judges gave it as a ten seven. Fear. It just just like Khabib, Khabib at welterweight, effectively. Yeah, I mean, nice. an absolute machine. Um, and then oh, yeah, I'll probably have to watch that one then. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Lesez Razak Al Hassan. That was a really fun fight. Fight of the night. Um, yeah, I won't I won't spoil that too much, but that's a really fun fight. Um, Lesez looks like a really interesting fighter. Um. Good body shots, which I know you'll appreciate. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> I'm already excited. And um, Molly McCann was defeated against Talia Santos. I mean, she had like an eight. She had a an eight an eight inch reach 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 advantage. Oh, and um, oh, she had she had an eight inch reach advantage. Um, oh, you you used her used her kicks and her reach pretty well, and McCann just couldn't get herself in, and yeah, got beaten fairly comfortably. But um, yeah, that was that was basically everything up until then. Um, we get to Riviera Statement then, which you watched. Uh, yeah, I thought this was um, this was quite interesting. Like Jimmy Rivera, like I think we've talked about is like it's a it's a bit weird. Like he is quite brilliant, but like in a way, he's kind of just had a bit of a run of bad luck in a sense, but also been soundly beaten. I don't know. It's it's a really weird kind of. Fantastic against Peter Yan, but um, I thought um, 
I've, I'm getting my timelines a bit mixed up. I thought that he fought Sterling after the Yan fight, not not. No, no, because he because he has he has been out for a long time. Because oh. um, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't fought since that Yan one. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I thought it was the other way around, but whatever. I've clearly got. <laughs> um, but no, like Jim Rivera is like fairly brilliant, <laughs> and I really do like watching Jim Rivera fight. He's so like. And he, oh, it was brilliant. He was countering, like, so Stamen would kind of, like, try and jab in, and Rivera would slip the jab or slip the first shot and then counter with hooks to the body. And I thought, oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> He'd do that consistently. He'd counter the first, like, one or two shots, hooks to the body, and then come up to the head. I thought that was great. And his leg kicks are thunderous as well, as well mm-hmm. as, like, a short, stocky wrestler, like, that can... And Stamen's a really good wrestler, high-level wrestler as well. So um, they're, like had a fair few good uh, wrestling exchanges like against the cage here. I thought this was a, I thought like this was a good fight. I, I enjoyed this one and um, yeah, Rivera just looked good. Um, and I'm glad to see him win again. Cause I hope he can start to kind of get a bit of momentum going and he can kind of get back to the top of the division where I think he belongs to be honest. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, um, I mean, I know that you fight that they're both fighting a, a weight up uh, because of the short notice nature of this fight, but he sort of reminds oh, me. Anyway, I didn't even realise that this was a featherweight. Yeah, I think I think it was again because Stamen was. I think Stamen's got quite a big cut, and so I think they're only given a week's notice. Um, but yeah, I think Vivier reminds me uh, sort, sort of similar to um, to Emma in a sense, and that he's just like just just goes under the radar, you know. I mean, he's lost to you know he's got losses to Marais, Sterling, and Yan, which you know are yeah, like, probably, pro- probably are one, probably one, two, and three in that division. Pretty much, yeah, like literally. Um, <laughs> but you know, got wins against you know Faber, Munoz, um, Dodson, and Stamen in there, so still, still a very impressive resume. Um, and yeah, one to sort of you know still keeping on, he's still there, uh, still alive and kicking in that division. Yeah, I think it's one of them. He's probably never going to be champion, but like he'll no. always being at least good fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um Tim Elliott, Ryan, it's not it's not Benoit. How 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 are they saying it? Benoit, is it? Benoit, I don't know. I didn't. Benoit. I think it's Benoit. Um yeah, Tim Elliott getting the unanimous 29-28 decision. The bit of debate over this decision, did you did you have it the same way? I didn't I haven't watched this one yet. So Oh you haven't? Ah oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. It was a fun fight. Um, I think I gave it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I gave it to Benoit, um, but yeah, it was it was it was it was it was a fun fight. Some good um, some good grappling exchanges, which is good. Yeah, I mean, like Tim Elliott is always in good grappling. Exchanges. Yeah, exactly. So like, and it's the kind of I think we've said this the kind of grappling that you can basically only get at flyweight and maybe yeah. to, like it's so scrambly and it's so fast paced and it's. I love watching flyweights fight, essentially, mostly for their grappling. It's pretty brilliant. Um, um, but yeah, so I, will, then, I will do that watch. It's just, yeah, this morning. I would, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> and then we move to the main event. Um, Calvin Cater defeating Danny Gay, 49-46 on two cards and 48-47. Um, yeah, a really, a really impressive performance. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. I think it was, it was competitive and I think more competitive in a way than I 
thought it might be. I think I knew that it would be a good solid fight because Ige is really scrappy and like like is good, obviously. Uh, like, but I thought he'd just make it a bit of a a bit of a scrap. But I think that he did better kind of countering Cater than I thought he would. And also, I thought it showed Cater's kind of weakness in his footwork. Cater is very, he has like a very bladed stance, I think. Um, and like, it means that he really struggles to kind of cut the cage. Like you'd see that yeah. he'd back. So it just means that pressuring, like he can't really, any fight where Ige, not Ige, any fight where Cater needs to pressure, I think he's going to struggle. Um, yeah. Just because I don't think like the mechanics of his footwork allow him to do it effectively. Um, unless he seriously changes it up. Um, so yeah, it was a. Uh, I think that it was impressive from Kate, and I liked the way that he would. He can't. Like, had a really nice like uppercut to the body that he'd use fairly, very frequently, and he he like hurt Ige quite a few times with it. Like I think in the first round, he hit Ige with like the uppercut to the body, and then Ige immediately rushed in for a takedown. Like they were, like Ige failed on all of his takedowns. You could see that a mm-hmm. lot of them were kind of I'm quite hurt. Let me try and yeah. take him down. Yeah. Yeah. Stole this for a bit. Um, so yeah, I think it was it was decent from Kater, but I think that he would he will struggle against a lot of the people a bit higher than him. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think um, I think for me it was um, you know I've I've been really impressed with Ige, um, and you know it was a you know a close a close close fight against Barboza, but this was like his first real step into like genuine bona fide like you know top six or seven yeah um, six six seven eight you know in the in the featherweight division and what i got from that wasn't 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 so much that cater maybe wasn't as good as i thought but that ige is a guy that maybe maybe isn't isn't quite ready yet but is a guy that definitely in the future could be um a guy a guy that will cause trouble in that division yeah possibly i think it's uh he's always going to have i think good fights with most people because he is really tough like he is like he's he's never been finished I think he'll be very difficult looking at the rankings I'm not so sure now I think that um, I think he'd probably I think think he's in at least really good fights and competitive fights with most there but I think him that Keita Yair and Keita Korean Zombie and Ortega um, are all good fights, and I think yeah. they're winnable for Cater. Yeah, definitely. I think that probably Ortega, if they if he's not fighting someone else, is still is probably a good fight for Cater uh, next. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know whether that Korean zombie one has been finalised, but certainly. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think whoever whoever comes out of those 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 four would be a suitable next opposition. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, make always good... repeat over five rounds and watch Max battering. Oh yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that was everything from that card. Um, just a quick run through. Clearly, not like a lot of high profile, but actually, a lot on that. Yeah, I it was um, a really fun prelims. Um, actually, I, I, I didn't I didn't mention Jared Gordon. Actually, this was. I mean, I don't I don't know whether you read his story coming into it, but uh, no. I mean, about about five weeks out, his wife, who was ten weeks pregnant, had a miscarriage. Jesus. Then got coronavirus like a week later. Yeah. So he then had to self-isolate, do all his training on his own. He then flew out to Abu Dhabi, tested positive. It was a false positive. The rest of his corner all tested positive, so he didn't have a corner and still managed to put in a, a really good performance. I mean, pff, that <laughs> is crazy. So, um, yeah, fair play to him. That's um, ridiculous, but... Yeah, I think I think Paul I think Paul Felder left the commentary table to um to corner Jared Gordon. Sorry, what was that? Paul Paul Felder um actually ended up cornering Jared Gordon. So really? He had to leave. Yeah, he, he had to leave the commentary booth. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch that. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. What on? What on? What on? Paul? Um. So yeah, we'll um we'll briefly end with looking at um. Other fights coming up in I was about to say next week, but it's well three days time. Um, do you want to start at the top of the card because I mean the sort of main 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 and co-main are sort of the main features of this one. There's not yeah you know there are some fun fights, but these 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 two are by far the biggest. Um, you've got Davison Figueroa versus Joseph Benavides again. Um, hopefully, if Figueroa stays COVID free, <laughs> because I know. He tested positive a couple of weeks ago or something. Did he? Oh, that, I, I think I did hear that. Actually. I think yeah. he tested positive and he, he's on the plane. So hopefully that, and if he makes weight, um, we'll have an actual fight for the champ, for the belt. Um, yeah, they fought, when did they fight? What, two months ago? Actually, it was quite a while ago, February, um, which ended pretty decisively. A TK victory for Figueredo. Um, yeah. I, I can't really see... Anything else happening here, if everything no, no, goes to plan? No. <laughs> um, I think it's just like a case of Joseph Benavidez really leads with his face. And it's like, yeah, I just see every day Figueredo is too good on the counter and just hits. Um, so yeah, like I don't, I don't know any other way that it might go. Like maybe if he can lean really heavily on his wrestling, because he's obviously a great wrestler, a great scrambler. Um, and who was it against? It was Famiga. Was it GCA Famiga? Yeah, it was. Uh, Famiga managed to like take his back like fairly yeah. consistently. I think controlling for a lot of the fight. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. So I think if Benavides can possibly get something like that going, I think it could be, yeah, that was just over a year ago. So like very realistically, like um, uh, Benavides could still be in a position to do that. So 
I think he really has to lean heavily on his wrestling. And Yeah, got to be a bit more um, careful in his stand-up, I know, especially in that first one. I think even, even in the early stage of the first round, he was charging in and sort of throwing these massive overhands with not really yeah. much, 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 much regard for his own defence. So he I think... He really lead with his head. I think, I think there's got to be a more measured approach in the striking. Um, and as you say, yeah, with the intention to get it to the ground, because I think the longer this stays out, the more it plays into Figueredo, who's just got crazy power and a far bigger reach. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it's fairly simple in that regard that like... Um, yeah, I think uh, Benavidez will be, a f- like, I imagine he's a fairly big underdog. I haven't got the odds, yeah. but I imagine he probably is. Um, I, I don't really see him winning this. But if he does, it'd be a big surprise for me. I'd be, yeah, I'd be happy for him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the co-main, which is Jack Hermanson versus Calvin Gastelum. Um, Hermanson, who last lost to Cannoneer, if I'm correct. Yeah, you got uh, knocked out by Cannonier. Yeah, knock, knocked out by Cannonier, hasn't fought since. And Gastelum, who hasn't fought since Darren Till. Yeah. Um, in which that was a, a close split decision um, loss. So, yeah, um, a, 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 an important fight for both of them to sort of yeah. reinstate themselves back into these sort of okay. upper, upper, upper echelons of that middleweight division. Yeah. Um, how, how do you see this one going? Um, I think it'd be interesting. Like this, like the advantage that uh, Gastelum's had at middleweight is his speed, um, and I can see that being put like to fairly decent use here. Um, but like the disadvantage he's kind of had is that well, uh, not necessarily. But um, Weidman was able to just kind of like, kind of just out grapple him and throw him around. Anderson possibly, like I love watching Hermanson grapple. It's really good fun, um, and I can see Hermanson doing at least something a bit similar. Like he he does like he is very kind of in and out. I think herky jerky. Uh, someone described it as, and Dominic Cruz got very annoyed at them for describing it as herky jerky hmm. footwork. Um, uh, so I think that he does that with the intention of kind of getting it to the clinch, pushing to the cage and getting a takedown. I think he does that yeah. quite well. I think against Cannoneer, he mostly, I think, kind of just like, he was, I think he was just too scared of Cannoneer in a way. Like he just couldn't, he wouldn't let his game get going because he was so fearful of the power coming back. Um, which is obviously, it's easier said than done to not be scared of Jared Cannoneer when he's in front of you. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. I'd like Cannonier to win. I think no, not Cannonier. Cannonier's not fighting. I'd like Hermanson to win, um, and I can. I don't. It's a really close fight. I think. I think that Gaslam is trouble for him on the feet because he is fast and he does hit hard. Um, he's not like got the most kind of like tricks. He's mostly kind of like a one-two and a lead hook. Um, well. Uh, yeah, mostly I want to, um, but it'll be interesting, I think. Uh, but I'll take Hermanson. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one um, because I think I think I think Gaston is underrated in this division. I think I think a lot of people, especially look at like his figure, um, but I think I, I hope that. 
you know, Adesanya and his performance in that fight has sort of silenced people um, in terms of, you know, doubting his, his capabilities. But I do think Hermanson will just get the job done. Um, I, I can see I can see Gastelum look at, looking impressive in the first round um, and then Hermanson sort of taking over it in the second and into the third and, um, and now having a decision. You're right. You're back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with my Wi-Fi. It is all, all right. over the place. Maybe too many Zoom calls going on at once. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, well, what I was, what I was trying to say was that I'm at, I, th- I would favour Hermanson. I think Gaslin will tire, and Hermanson will get the job the job done. Um, I don't know. I don't know when. Like, has Gaslin normally tired? Like, um, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know if you. Mm, in the Alessandro one, he faded a bit, but I'm not sure that was tired or just, that was just damage. More, yeah, I think that was just more a factor of being like. Obviously, the Alessandro fight was like Gaston had his big moments, but I think that overall in the Alessandro fight, it was kind. It was kind of Alessandro in control, and then Gaston would fight back in big moments. Um, more than it was Gaston, more than it being a bit of like a Gaston, like really, like, I, like I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he like the Adesanya fight was like kind of close, but also especially in the fifth round, Gaston was getting battered. Like in the fifth, especially, like by the by the end of the fight, it wasn't competitive. Um, so I don't know. Um, it would be interesting, but yeah, go with Hermanson just because I think it'll be. I like. I think I like Hermanson more as a fighter. I think I like the. I just like the way he wrestles. I like. I like the aggressively chases submissions and unique submissions and he's got nice ground and pound as well yeah um, no it'll be a, um, it'll be a good fight yeah um, is there any any others you wanted to pick out on on this on this on this card anything that's, that stands out for you um, Davi Ramos versus Armin Soyukin so you, um, I can't really pronounce that name uh, I think we'll actually be quite fun uh, Soyukin is the one that had a really like good scrambly wrestling match with Islam Makachev. Um, oh, yeah. And, but then, and then Davi Ramos fought Islam. Um, and then Islam really was quite reluctant to take Ramos to the ground because Ramos is like, he's won ADCC, won ADC got C gold. Um, he's fantastic on the ground, absolutely brilliant. Um, so I think it could be another one where, uh, sorry, you can might probably choose to stand, take this, like, keep it on the feet for, most of the fight because on the ground Ramos is like genuinely brilliant um, so I, I think that would just be a good fun fight and I hope we get to see some grappling because uh, Soryukin is a very capable grappler himself um, so yeah that would be good fun I'll, I'm quite excited for that one yeah and, and then... you've got um, there's a lot of British fights on this card you've got um, you've got Brett Johns against yep. Montel Jackson Um Nad Naramani, who's got a tough fight against uh, Grant Dawson at a 150 catch weight. Um, I'm not quite sure why that is. And um, you've got Mark Mark Jacasey against uh, Raphael Visayev, who I'm not sure. I can't say I've heard of, but might be yeah. making his UFC debut. I'm not sure. Um, we have a look. Um, 
No, he has fought. He is he's one and one in the UFC. So, uh, but yeah, Mark Mark Jacques is on a good on a on a couple fight win streak, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what two what, fight win streak. What um, Brett Johns can do because he I think, I think he finally got a win back because he he fought Sterling and Munoz and then took a while off and then got a victory sort of early this year. So that'll be interesting to see what he can do against Montel Jackson, who is. Well, he's three and one. He's only lost to Ricky Simone, so that'll be a yeah. good fight. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, and then I think Alexandra Alexandra Pantoja versus Askar Askarov is also a fight that could be quite interesting. Um, both like fairly high level uh, flyweight. That card. Yeah, very nice. nice. Yeah, I mean, there's a few on the um, more probably ones we can look at um, retrospectively, and yeah. um, and we have also how long we've been we've been going off about an hour and a well and and, and a bit now. So um, yeah, unless there's anything else that, that uh, comes comes to your mind? No, nothing, nothing else of yet. Perfect. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back. We've got. Whitaker Till next weekend, which Another cut I out right at the end to signal the <laughs> love signal that. The <laughs> um, goodness me, I, I shall have to have words. But we've got we've got uh, what I was trying to say. We've got Whitaker Till um, next weekend. Yep, which is finally you've got Shogun Hua versus Little Nog, the trilogy that everyone's been looking forward to. Oh yeah. Course, I can't wait for that. Yeah, exactly. Gustafsson debuting at heavyweight. Oh, that's uh, weird. That's again, the Dooms turned around too quick to say how terrible he looked in his last fight. Uh, Nathaniel Wood and Mike Grant. Actually, Nathaniel Wood has got an opponent because he oh. was supposed to be he was supposed to be fighting Khabib's brother, but oh, for ob- for obvious reasons, he is you know he's he's yeah. pulled out, and he's now fighting. Um. John Castaneda, whose nickname is Sexy Mexi. Nice. So that well, is a good nickname. That that <laughs> he's he making his UFC debut on short notice. That is perhaps the best nickname I've seen so far. That so is John. I like it. John John Sexy Mexi Castaneda. Um, that that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll look we'll we'll look forward to all of that. Um, next week. Brilliant. Right. Oh yeah. Um hopefully I think all the all the podcasts should still be good. At least at least I'll be able to hear you between me yeah. cutting in and out. Um uh, yeah. and yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week. Yep. All right. Okay. See ya. See ya. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.